welcome to the latest FT Advisor podcast. We're looking today at rogue lead generators and what has changed in the past few years since the issue of rogue lead gen in insurance in particular was brought to the fore. We know that the Financial Conduct Authority has been engaging with internet service providers such as Google to crack down on suspicious or fraudulent financial advertising. And we've already seen some measures uh, being taken there. The online safety bill that's currently going through Parliament has also incorporated financial harm into its scope. And tackling rogue advertising and financial fraud online has come onto the agenda of ministers, policymakers, regulators and financial industry professionals alike. Moreover, the Advertising Standards Authority and the Committee of Advertising Practice are becoming more forceful in removing or censuring advertisers who do not meet certain codes of conduct. For example, just today, that is the 23rd of June 2022, the Committee of Advertising Practice issued enforcement notices to target misleading debt management ads. It warned lead generators and insolvency practitioners to be extremely careful not to mislead. It highlighted the work of the ASA in tackling individual voluntary arrangements, IVAs. For example, in a ruling from December 2021, the ASA had found that a company involved with an IVA ad had misled consumers by suggesting that they were affiliated with the free debt advice charity National Deadline and therefore endorsed by the UK government. Moreover, the FCA has said it will take enforcement action on non-compliance from the 25th of July this year, 2022, to stamp out the problem of rogue and misleading advertising. Given it seems we're now more aware of the rogues than before, um, in before the pandemic, that is, um, how can we use this awareness to spread the right messages to consumers and perhaps to use social media as a force for good to bring a newer and younger demographic into much-needed insurance policies. So joining me, Simni Kuriaku, editor of FT Advisor, is Alan Desmier. He's the founder of Contact State. And Joanna Stream, she's the principal of Velvet Mortgages and Insurance Services. Welcome both. Thank you. Hi, thanks for having me. No, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, So Alan, what do we make of moves by the FSA, ASA, government and Google and others to root out rogue financial services advertisers. Is it enough? I certainly think it's going in the right direction. I think we've been talking about this now consistently for two, three years. And that's generally the length that that regulation takes, right? It's not instant. Um, But I think particularly the move, some of the move the ASA have made to clarify what the rules are. And that's what a lot of us have asked for, to clarify exactly what the rules are is going to make for a much safer environment. I think the biggest thing the ASA have done of late is to really clarify this this idea of uh, lead generation professionals, lead generation websites, acting outside the terms of their trade, act, act, pretending that they're something that they're not. And I think, I think uh, with the way that the uh, most recent rulings have gone, the ASA are now pulling up websites that say, that pretend that, for example, they're, that they're the provider or pretend that they're a calculator. And I think that level of clarity is going to be good for the industry at whole. Every website should be absolutely clear what's going to happen to me next if I click submit or I click uh, return or whatever that might be. I think that's the minimum standard we should be asking of all you know, websites, advertising, insurance, mortgage, whatever it might be. 
if I fill in my details, what's going to happen to me? Where am I going next? Mm-hmm. Joanna, do you think enough is being done? Do you still get consumers who might be a bit confused by the various things they're seeing online or on social media? Yeah, I think so. I think that our industry as a whole is just one massive confusing area for consumers, full stop. Um, and as advisors, we're already very heavy, heavily regulated and everything has to be so, so transparent. You know, um, you can't leave, you know, if, if there's a waiver of premium in a policy, you have to really highlight and spell that out. So if that's the case for us as advisors going out there, then of course it needs to be a, an overall blanket approach to everything. And lead generators have to do the same thing because they're the first point of contact for these consumers often. So if they're then, the, the problem is if things are done in an underhanded or rogue way, then they could actually be put off of then getting access to those really vital conversations that they need to have and ultimately being covered. So, you know, if we as the advisors are so heavily regulated, it has to, it has to come and it can't come soon enough. Do you find, Joanna, that as a as an advisor, you feel that you have a duty to sort of flag it and report it when you see something that doesn't doesn't look right. So I'm starting to sound a bit like um, the the TFL uh, the TFL <laughs> slogan there. But uh, you know, should you be reporting something that that doesn't look right to you? Being completely frank with you, yes, you should. But do you? Not enough. So I think that yes, if we can begin to build that culture within our industry. And make it easily, make make that an easy process for people to do and know that it's going to be followed up. Because I think previously in, you know, further past days gone by, you would feel that, you know, you can you can talk up about these things, but then these adverts still carry on and, you know, these campaigns still continue. Um, so the fact that they're now cracking down on it, I think, a bit more than they have previously, and there's a long way to go. Um, the hope is, I guess, that it can become the norm to do that because there's nothing more frustrating when you are when you are trying to do something. I, I'm personally trying to raise, you know, a lot of awareness around our industry and raise the value of our industry in the eyes of the public because mm. in this country it is undervalued and mistrusted industry. But so it's got to start with, you know, the initial advertising. It, it, it makes absolute sense, but. It's not really previously, in my opinion, been massively supported and it is now coming onto the radar, which can only be a good thing. And then advisors like, you know, genuine good advisors who don't like to see this stuff, can, if they can easily report it, it's not too cumbersome to do, then I think that that's a good way to go. Yeah. And you raise a really good point there, sort of ease of being able to report it and a way that's not cumbersome for the advisor. Um Alan, how easy is it for brokers to to report? I mean, if they're flagging something, are they just flagging something on, on Facebook and hoping Facebook does something? Who should they be reporting it to if they, uh, to, I'll yeah. keep quoting TFL, if they see something that doesn't look right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think the, 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 as the first point of call for this sort of stuff for, for misleading advertising is the, the, the Advertising Standards Authority, the ASA. I, I think... Joanna raises an absolutely brilliant point there, which is if brokers and advisors and distributors have to go through this level of scrutiny of the promotions they're generating, then so too should the lead generators and the advertising firms 
that are also generating that interest. Now, let's let's be absolutely clear. There are some brilliantly gen generators out there who are finding new and imaginative ways to engage with consumers. And we want them. We want them to grow because that's how we also grow this industry or grow the financial services industry by reaching into new media. That's good. I think the the the, the point that um that joanna makes however is that that should be a that should be a fair and level process now i think if you look at the detail of the consumer duty the the document that they're ah, yes. going to release you know, they're going to release at the end of end of july they're making very specific provision about um firms having a whole view of the, the entire customer journey and also the ancillary third parties by which they mean lead generators uh, have to fall under the same regulation that the buyers do. So, I think, and 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 to be to be blunt, I think the FCA have been miles behind on this for five, mm -hmm. ten years. Mm -hmm. I think that there's, there's, they, they've woken up, and I think there's now an awareness that actually the regen forms part of that customer journey and has to be scrutinised and regulated in the same way as if you're selling a product. To to to, to, to answer your question directly. Um, Simony, the the ASA and the FCA have really great, uh, really great reporting tools on their website that are really nice and easy. They take probably five minutes, and you just you just literally log why you think this advert is misleading, and they follow up. I think, and, I, and I'm, I'm one of those sad people, you know, as well as reading the consumer duty, I also read, read the FCA business plan, and I also read the ASA business plan. The ASA are are targeting the increase uh the increase in the way uh the way sorry in targeting an increase in effectiveness of the way they deal with complaints so i think if you want to make a difference and you want to you know flag something reporting it to the asa and the fca is a, is a great start so the the regulator and the advertising standards uh regulator as well that so the fca and the asa that that that's useful. I mean, it'd be really good to know if there was sort of one form on one site that someone could just flag it and yeah. automatically ping it to everyone rather than, you know, advisors having to do the same thing over and over again. But uh, maybe that's something that someone with good technology could create. Well, look, I, I think I think there's also a uh, there's also a question here. I think this is a question of I think probably critical thinking. Two things can be true at the same time that we don't necessarily like. Okay, so one thing is lead generation is a vital source of leads for advisors. The other, the other truth is lead generation can can be misleading and drive consumers down the wrong path. I think to to sort of think about this this issue, I think you have to almost accept that both things are true at the same time. And how do you get to a better scenario by improving adverts? I think it's it's one of those just one of those questions of. Um, marketers are supposed to push the boundaries and we want them to push the boundaries but how do we come up, all come up with an acceptable level of what does good advertising look like and I think I think fingers crossed the consumer duty is going to get very very close to um, putting the onus on lead buyers putting the onus on those regulated firms to think is this is this is this opaque sludge practice that I'm asking the consumer to go through? Is this good for the consumer? That's what they're trying to ask the, uh, of that document. So I think it's going in the right direction. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, you, you make a really good point there, saying like obviously good lead generation has a value and a purpose in getting previously uninsured consumers the cover, the life cover, or the health cover, whatever it is that they need. Um, Joanna, how much? Do you or have you relied on lead gen? And well, how much do you now use in terms of your own mm -hmm. social media to, to reach out to that demographic without having to use lead gen? Well, this it, this was um, something I was going to say. So as such, as a, you know, a principal of a mortgage and um, insurance protection company, 
I'm actually the consumer of a lead gen of a lead gen company um, because I would be the person buying their leads. And I can tell you that up until now, I've only done that um, on one occasion when it comes to protection. Um, and I was part of a trial with another company for mortgages. So I've only paid in the 12 years I've been in the industry for lead generation one time. And the experience was awful. And so this is why I say if they're going, you know, they're, they're gathering that information directly from consumers as well. Um, and, and all different lead, uh, lead generation companies work differently. I know that, but I don't know a lot about it. So as a consumer of a lead generation supplier to brokers, um, I'm too scared to use their services because I didn't feel confident in what the quality I received. And it just felt, oh, you know, this isn't an area I want to be in. And up until now, I've grown a team of seven advisors from doing it organically literally from doing it organically apart from those couple of occasions that I've just mentioned which is a you know a really nice authentic way to do it and it feels good however I've then got um you know I'm then torn because I want to grow faster not so fast as you know to lose all values in the business but we want to reach more people yeah quickly and the people that we want to you know we had an absolutely devastating um Thing that I was told about yesterday and I was at Aviva headquarters actually because I'm a real ambassador of global treatment and on the very same day a horrible coincidence I was told that a local person I don't know them their five-year-old daughter has been diagnosed with a rare leukemia and they're now having to raise half a million to get her to Singapore had they had global which is three quid as we know they would have not been having to have this, you know, I think of it as a most panicky egg timer that you can imagine because the days are running by and they're trying to raise this money. And, you know, you just think those conversations need to be had quickly. So I want to grow quickly because I want to stop seeing those heartbreaking stories in the news. So I really need lead generation, but I'm also scared of lead generation and I'm scared of you know, how, how, do I really know exactly how they're gathering these clients? I, you know, I, I haven't. So, so that that's a dilemma that I really do face. Um, you know, to grow organically is the best way, but it takes more time. Um, so, I think that the, it's welcome news for me as a potential. You know, somebody told me a really great company, and I I was told a really great company, and they've turned out not to be a great company. They didn't work well for me. I did it one time, and now you know, I think they've had been a bit in the headlines shall we say so um it's it puts me off so if that's putting me off and I'm in the industry and I'm trying to do a good job um how does it how is that going to affect a consumer if they're going directly yeah. you know that that brings home my point surely that it can end up poisoning you completely where you're like oh and they could do the same just generally for insurance if that makes sense yeah sure Hello. If I may, Simone, I think, uh, Joanna, everything you've just said is, is exactly the challenges that all advisors face themselves in. I think there are some, there are a couple of things that you can do that to, if you're going down that process. <clears throat> One of which I think is particularly um, uh, something I'm an advocate of and something that I have myself tried to pioneer is certification no one should buy a lead unless you know exactly where it's come from it's a bit it's a bit like the analogy of going into mm. the i felt i did a, know you know but no no, no I, but I'm marketing about is not my expertise you say so no sure i'm talking about i'm talking about independent proof i'm talking about this has been this has been time stamped and uh, it's been stamped as exactly where the consumer has come from and what they've seen i think that's 
that's the thing that I always urge all all um, consumers of Legion to to, to look mm-hmm. for is can, are, is the firm that you're willing with you're working with willing to share in real time the landing pages and all the landing pages that they use. And I think that is probably the biggest difference in successful or unsuccessful lead generation. So there's a gap there, isn't there? Because, you know, you're saying these things to me and I I needed this conversation a year ago. But what what we find ourselves is we're very passionate about what we do. um, Or, you know, there's there's big mortgage producers. I mean, you know, we do mortgages, but I would say the heart of our business is um, the protection. And uh, as Simony knows, because I lost my mum when I was 19 and left me struggling with a 12-year-old sister to bring up. So that heartfelt passion is for that side of the business, you know, uh, really that that's the heart and soul of us um so but when you go into it and you set up a company it's that it's the old thing isn't it you go in and you, ha- you have no clue about marketing or you know running a team or doing that you have to learn all these things um so you know as much as to sort of I think there's a lot of education needed with brokers as well about mm. how to go about making sure because otherwise that can really let them down that could yeah. ruin our reputation if we're, you know, naively really choosing, uh, you know, uh, uh, and also waste a lot of money, an awful lot of money. So there's definitely things to be done around that as well. Um, when it comes to sort of your your own growth, and you talked a lot about your, your organic growth, I know that you are personally reaching out a lot on social media. Um, I think you're one of the few sort of mortgage and insurance qualified professionals um who are actually using sort of things like tiktok and and, and instagram um yes you know i mean we could call you like the the, the finfluencer with with uh, professional <laughs> qualifications um yeah what sort of checks do you do to make sure that what content you're putting out sort of meets sort of regulatory standards and sort of is is hitting the right sort of audience well, I work with a great network, Primus, and they are. We're, we're very lucky that there is a lot of ongoing training, and they're very much taking this subject that we're talking about. Um, you know, and they're they're increasing on that as well, and around social media. So you do have a really good place to go to, and a whole promotions team. Um, and they're, as I say, they're becoming more prominent, which I think can only be a good thing. Um, because there is a lot of stuff that you see on social media that is just not just not where you want it to be, you know, because we've always got to remember what the end goal is. And the end goal is there are a lot of unprotected people in this country. I, I, I think I heard something the other day where, you know, a particular type of insurance were the third worst in the in the Western world um, for covering it. So wow. it, you know, we need to bridge those gaps, but we need to do it in a way where we become a valued industry where consumers don't think, oh, they never pay out. Oh, you know, mortgage brokers, you know, rip you off or whatever. Because I've been working with a team on marketing who I have never worked with financial services before. And that has been, and I did that purposely because you really do get, uh, you know, the public's view. And it's not a good one. Generally, it's not a good one. So the end result is we need to protect more people. We need to stop reading the heartbreaking stories of people having to raise money to get their child abroad for for treatment uh, to save their life. And we can only do that, you know, in my mind, by using social media these days. So the end result, everything you do has to be with that end result in mind. And it can't be egotistical 
you know, bigging yourself up. I mean, you know, I'll put some things on there. I won an award last week. You know, I told you about that. I was so happy with it because it wasn't for the amounts of business or, you know, anything like that. It was for quality. And those those sorts of things, I think, should come into it more, um, not awards for, you know, doing lots of business because that's not really relevant, is it? So, um, but when you do that, you can do that for credibility purposes. So the people that are watching you know, you know, you're not a rogue trader, um, but it, but everything you do should come from the heart of the, the consumer in the end and improving our industry. Because you talked to Elaine about growth. Yes, of course, we want growth, but we want growth because what that means is more people are covered. Yes. And how can you have one area where um, you're trying to really raise standards, but then on the peripheral edge where it's maybe the first contact for a consumer, that's not as you said, I haven't done enough with that. Alan, does this technology exist to kind of do what Joanna says, which is to kind of make sure that there are best practice standards in the in, in the industry? And if sort of the, the, the tech or the processes or procedures don't exist, what might be useful to kind of set codes of conduct or, or some kind of... Um, established guidelines um that would help sort of brokers and industry professionals create like a i don't know a more leveling level playing field a more transparent playing field if, if if that makes sense what 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 should we see what what do we need yeah no I, it's 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 a really great question I, the the most important thing that any that this industry can achieve is that every lead generated via financial promotions online is independently certified. So there's a screenshot of exactly the landing page that the consumer has come through and that the individual URL is, is transparent. And there is a capture of consent that we understand who's consented, not just cursory looks at individual landing pages that say, well, that looks sort of okay. It, the actual landing page has been used to generate a lead. I think if you got to a place where as you do, as there is in America, this, there, there is a standard that's in America where you cannot sell a lead without an independent certif certificate on every lead that goes through. If you got to that stage here, I think you can and then empower lead buyers to say, "Well, actually, I, I don't, I don't like that, but that other, or I don't like that, that 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 bit of wording. I don't like that bit of consent." So much of this discussion is shrouded in sort of opaque mystery because the lead buyer never knows where the leads come from, and I think. That's certainly one of the things that, that I've set out to, to, to solve and, and many others have as well. Uh, you raise the standard simply by, um, by understanding exactly what you're dealing with. So that if everyone, every lead is, is certified, mm -hmm. from that point, you can then start saying, well, here is the standard. Actually, I think it's halfway up or halfway down or, or whatever. So that's the, that's, the, that's the way forward. I then think there's probably, there is more we can do to help lead buyers know what good good standards are i think back to joanna's point about what a lead buyer should ex should expect what a financial services firm should expect every lead generation firm should provide an independent certificate that tells the lead buyer exactly what the customer has seen on that journey i think if we could achieve that if we could achieve that level of transparency it would be much easier for buyers like joanna financial services advisors like joanna to say well, I'm going to form my own view of what this landing page looks like. And that's going to mean that I've done my own due diligence over where it's come from. So I think the one the one thing we could achieve or could achieve quite easily 
is to insist that every lead traded had a certificate on it that said it's come from here and here's what the consumer has seen. Yeah, I think that would be, you know, for, for someone like myself, you know, that would take take all the, the worry away and then I could embrace the whole lead generation, um, you know, thing. And then that means that I can protect more people. But right now I'm just always in a dilemma where it's like, oh, ideally that would be fantastic because it, it's a quicker route and we can make differences quicker. Um, but I just can't bring myself to because... I just don't feel quite confident. So, um, and and as I say, it's that real thing. And I, you know, I've not spoken to um, people in my industry actually on this specific part of this subject, but I, you know, I can almost guarantee without having done so that they would feel the same because we know our own job. If you're a good advisor, you know your own job. You know, in a really thorough way, and you're good at what you do. But you wouldn't. You wouldn't, you know, and you, you talked about landing pages. Well, I could look at a landing page and it still not mean much to me, being honest, because I'm an absolute, you know, alien when it comes to marketing, really, even though I know that um, I, I've started to hone the skills with social media. But it's been with a lot of um, a lot of, um, you know, support. Uh, it's not something I could have done on my own. I've had that support and anything I'm ever worried about. I'm like, oh, I don't think so with that. So just having that certification so you don't have to think am I doing this you know it comes with a warranty almost doesn't it so that would just be absolute bliss I think for me and I'm sure I speak for a lot of people in our industry and and then we can do the thing where you know the rogue the rogue advisors that there may be that don't maybe do things for that the right reason in the heart of the of the client um probably wouldn't want to pay more money for that type of thing um, whereas the people who are trying to do the right thing with that end goal that we need to get more people covered, we need more conversations to be happening, would absolutely welcome it because it's that safety and it's not going to ruin your own reputation. Just, to, I just, just do want to pick that up, Joanna, in terms of certification. What, what I mean by certification, what I mean by certification is not that, uh, not that this lead is a hundred percent compliant. It's a really important distinction to make. I think by certification, I mean you've got the power to have a look at the landing page that says uh, that that you understand where it's come from. I think I think you're I think you're um, I think you're being unnecessarily harsh on your own ability to look at a landing page. If I gave you a landing page, if I gave you a landing page and it said, you know, come and get this free remortgage for 0.5 percent, you'd say, well, actually, I don't think that is right. Whereas if you saw a landing page that said, would you like to speak to a financial advisor to talk about a mortgage? You oh, take yes, your own view and say, yes. But so I think, would it not yeah. be good to go that step forward and think into the future? We are at the beginning of all of this stuff, but would it not be a great idea that in the future um, that there was some kind of actual certification that you could just know that they'd been through a set of channels and that you know, it's, you know, if you're a if you're a mortgage broker, right, you have to have, you know, if you're speaking to a mortgage advisor, they've got a certain qualification, um, yeah. you know doctors have their certificates behind them so if we had some form in the future i'm not saying this is going to happen overnight but would that not be a brilliant thing oh it would yeah. be and i think and i think you know with the number of now lead generators that are becoming directly authorized and having to submit their adverts via the financial promotion register of the fca it really harks back to what you were saying at the start of this of this podcast which is if you've got to go through, through these processes to sell a protection policy, well, the lead generator should go through the same processes to generate that protection policy. Yeah. But there's not there's not uniformity in that approach. The FCA hasn't no. come out and said all lead generators should be directly authorised. 
until such point we're in this sort of gray area where yeah. you've sort of got to to sort of interpret the rules i suppose and and, and, and take those decisions yourself but you know the ultimate certification should surely be a direct authorization from the fca if you want to generate leads that's yeah. the ultimate certification yeah. right but joanna made a really good point as well though she said you could be a rogue advisor so you could <laughs> be a rogue advisor using lead gen in the wrong way and deliberately doing so you could be a rogue provider um just wanting to kind of hit certain call um targets or whatever um until we well i say we i'm a journalist but <laughs> until you guys sort of police yourselves better perhaps and say advisors need to do better providers need to do better in a way, we can't keep pointing the finger at rogue lead generators because then you've got sort of three fingers pointing back at yourself, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed. And, and this is enforcement, right? What I want to see post-consumer duty implementation is I want the FCA to say, well, here's the here's the consumer principle where you've got to be acting in the best interest of the consumer. Here are seven firms who aren't acting in the best inter interest mm -hmm. of the consumer. And yeah. here's why. Here's the, here's, the, here's, here's the leads they're generating. Here's the mis-selling practice. Like, if you get that, then we can all get on board with these new new rules will work. If, if as has been in the past, the FCA just wants to sit in an ivory tower and not get involved with lead generation and just say, well, that's not our problem, then these problems persist. So I think there's a I think the ASA have taken the lead. They are they are they are genuinely creating rulings that are challenging lead generation behavior. And I think you can see that with everything they do. We now need the FCA to do exactly the same thing. Yeah. And, and things like this are fantastic because there needs to be more awareness in amongst advisors. There definitely does. You know, I mean, you know, it, it's not quite related. But a few weeks ago, we had a client who we had uh, sorted out with mortgage and we had sorted out a you know really, really good protection package. Um, and then it so happened that her previous um, insurance that she had was coming out of its four year clawback we noticed when we got the documentation through from her and her people that set that up for her called her to say oh you know we're just doing a review or oh, we haven't wanted to do one in the past four years but we suddenly want to do one and it happened to be that she's moving and so we've just done it so she told them this so of course they were like well send them send us what they've done and anyway so then they changed it all about it was awful and we explained you know as well as we could they've done this because of this and they just got lucky in a way because you, you happen to be moving and um explain to them that you're having this cover what they've given you doesn't have this or this or this um so you know that that's fine we sorted all of that next thing she got slapped with an email um a barrage of emails actually now that she has to pay 500 pounds cancellation so talking about not knowing the routes in which to go for things when you see bad practices, whether it's lead gen or this, I then contacted that company, hoping that, you know, company to company, we're in the same industry, um, and said, this is not good practice, is it? You know, come on. Um, essentially, that's what I said. And it, I, I got very forceful messages back, and they're still, you know, progressing with it. And I don't know what to do about that. So, you know, well, you're I, talking to me now, Joanna, you're talking to me. We can carry <laughs> this conversation on afterwards. And uh, yeah, so there needs to be more yeah. easy ways for yeah. brokers when they see bad things in other places, whether it's lead gen or that type of carry on. Uh, we just need easy ways where we know that it will be followed up, though. Yeah. 
Um, I think, Joanna, I mean, we are actually coming to, to the end of the podcast, um, but I'd like to sort of ask you and Alan just uh, a couple of things. How can we all promote best practice um, to help those advisors who, as I think, Alan, you said earlier, maybe feel that they're in a kind of grey area? I'll start with you, Joanna, and then go to you, Alan, and then we'll uh, have to call it quits, I'm afraid, on this podcast because we're running out of time. Like we've been talking forever can't we so exactly. I think um the um you know I think we just need to share so you know brokers need and I will say that the network that we're with really do encourage that and I think the whole industry needs to be more like that where we just share any practices with each other and help each other but it's always got to be done in a positive way because if we say oh this is not good you know we, we don't want to go around just you know causing problems between each other but I think just having these kinds of conversations um you know we in in our network we do audience with um various people that are doing a good job on something and I just think we need to just keep sharing all practices um all good practices and you know perhaps um sometimes when somebody's doing something that they shouldn't be just pointing that out and having the courage to do that which is difficult but you know, if everybody just always remembers, even if it's to challenge another broker, try and do it in a positive way and remember why you're doing it. That end result always has to be because this is not good for our industry. And if we don't speak up, then the end result is not so many people are going to get the conversations and advice that they need. I think constructive criticism, I mean, that's, that, that, you know, it's fantastic to hear. That's exactly what we need. I think my observation would be that the financial services industry, both lead generators and sometimes advisors use lead gen as though they're going to the casino. And it's, I'm going to put in, I'm going to put in a hundred pounds or a thousand pounds, cross my fingers and hope for the best. And, and actually through my career, I've, I've seen this play out. And that, you know, lead gen is a hugely powerful tool, but it's only powerful if, you treat it like you would treat any other investment, which is what's the plan? Like, how do you know you're getting what you're getting? And then what's the, what's the metric to define whether you've been successful? And I think I think we're moving towards that. And, you know, me and others are putting out a huge amount of, I guess, awareness and guides and content to try and help people do that. But um, my advice to anyone thinking about it is to think about it, think about it in exactly the same way as if they're making an investment. How do they know that their investment is going to be protected? And as I've tried to argue, I think I think that certification. I think if you can certify where a lead has come from uh, and what the consumer's seen, you're in a much better place. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Alan. Thank you very much, Joanna. Uh, I think it's um, pretty clear that while we're waiting for the consumer duty to to come into force, and we're waiting for um, certification and perhaps some more enforcement action from regulators and uh, policymakers alike, uh, we should all perhaps take on board the uh, the transport for London warning. If you see something that doesn't look right, speak to the regulators and inform the ASA at their contact details. See it, say it, sort it. <laughs> thank you very much, both of you for taking part and thank you all for listening. Until thank next you. time, take care. Thank you.